Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Millionaire Real Estate Agent Podcast. I'm Jason Abrams, and this is the place where we lift the curtain on the world of real estate like never before. Every week, I sit down with visionaries, pirates, and mavericks. We're here to document, demonstrate, and most importantly, demystify their game-changing models and systems. What secrets propel them to the top, and how are they living their dreams? This is about passion, it's about strategy, but above all, it's about real, tangible success. So buckle up and let's dive in. This is the Millionaire Real Estate Agent Podcast. You ever move to a new town, friends? You ever move to a new town and you don't know anybody? Imagine this. You move to a new town where you don't know anybody. Then you take the real estate licensing school. Then you show up for the test. And on the same day you show up for the test, you take another test and that tells you that you're pregnant. And then you become a new mom and a new real estate agent. Now, fast forward three years later and you make over a million dollars a year selling houses. That is the story of Taylor Hunt. And we are gonna unpack it. Buckle up, friends. This is Taylor Hunt. Taylor, how are you? I'm doing well, how are you? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So your story is so inspiring to me. The idea that you could move to a new place and within three years become a millionaire real estate agent is absolutely incredible. So let's start with, where did you move? Yep, so I currently live in Columbia, South Carolina. I moved from North Carolina to South Carolina in 2020. And were you already a real estate agent when you made the move? No, I um, used to work in higher education, and because of the pandemic and COVID, there were statewide budget freezes. So when I moved to South Carolina, nobody was hiring, so I decided to be my own boss. And what precipitated the move? You decided to move why? Um, I was getting married, and my husband is in the Army, and so he was stationed at Fort Jackson in Columbia, and I just had to go. Well, thank you for his mission. Yeah. So you get to South Carolina you're not a real estate agent and you have this dream of, of kind of being your own boss. Tell me about that. Why did you pick real estate? I grew up in the poorest county in North Carolina. So wealth was nothing, was nothing that ever crossed my radar. The only reason why I got my real estate license was because somebody said, oh, you might be good at that. And I didn't have anything else to do. I was finishing up my master's in business and the only career field I had ever known didn't have any opportunity. So I said, I'll get my real estate license wherever the army takes us. I can just get relicensed in every state and keep it moving. Okay. I'm going to just stop you right there because the idea of being new to a state and kind of keep moving is a little scary because most real estate agents will tell you they built a database driven business and it's a local business. You looked up and said, this is something I can do anywhere. Yes. And to be fair, I was terrified. I mean, I was terrified. I did not think I would be super successful. I had a goal to sell 10 houses every year and I would have been, you know, happy with that. At that, at least in my mind, that's what I thought. And I said, I'll sell 10 houses. I'll match my husband's salary. 
we'll go where the army sends us and we'll keep moving. Okay, so you get into school, you take all the classes, and now it's time to take the test. Yeah, and then I um, took another test before I took that test and found out I was pregnant that morning. And then, and then everything changed. And I think becoming a mom, well, it was like, I'm not just doing this for me. Why sell 10 houses when I can sell more and be better for our family? And it changed my entire outlook. It's so incredible because now, three years later, we know how this ends. You're, you're, you, you did $1.2 million worth of real estate commissions in 2023. So you've become this MREA. How does that happen? Tell me about the first year. So the first year, I, you know, COVID was happening. So I wasn't door knocking. Open houses were not happening because interest rates were so low that houses were flying off the market. I didn't even know how to cold call. And I had a newborn. I did not have any childcare. So I had to figure out how to make it work with her. So I just used social media to put myself out there. And not only did I market myself to people around me, but I marketed myself to other agents because I would share my story online and let people in. And I made a lot of relationships that way. And my first ever deal came from an agent referral out of Florida. They had no idea I was new, and I didn't tell them otherwise. And I closed it. Yeah, it was great. And I talked to him still today, and he says, had he known I was brand new, he probably never would have sent it to me. But his clients, I'm sure, got amazing representation. Oh, they loved me. And then they sent me to their friends, and that was my second deal. And I said, there's got to be something to this. So let me figure out how to make really great agent relationships and then give really good service. And so today, my business is based off of social media, agent referrals, and sphere. And it's wild because I didn't have a sphere when I started, but I've been able to grow this sphere through serving the community. So let's do this sequentially because it sounds like the sphere came last. That kind of happened as you received past clients and you had known. And it starts with social media. So when people hear I did social media, I, I think they wonder, like, well, what does that mean? Is it, does that mean you're just on it all the time? Or are, like, are you making videos? Like, how do you like, pretend I'm a new agent and I'm going to do social media? How do I do it? So I think that you have to think about it as if you would any other lead source, right? People think about cold calling. Well, from 9 to 12, I'm going to sit at my desk and I'm going to dial. That's how I felt about social media, except for me, it was. In between nap times with my newborn, I would go into our guest bedroom and I would batch create content. And the content would be videos. Sometimes it would be a static post, you know, where I'm teaching something. But I would create it during the nap time. And then during the week, I would post it. And not only would I do that, and and that was sharing value to buyers and sellers. That was teaching them things, being the problem solver through video and post. But I would also get on my Instagram stories and I would tell people about my day and get them to love me. So I specifically remember a time taking my three-week-old daughter to sewing and crying at the end of it because I was exhausted and I couldn't believe that I had just done that. And I got on my stories and I told the story. You know, I said, I had to take Reese to a sewing today and it was miserable. And people loved the authenticity. I feel like people thought we had a relationship and they wanted to see me win. So they got invested and my platform started to grow. I was the new mom and the new real estate agent in a new state 
people wanted to see whether or not it would work. So is it less about exactly how long these videos are and more about just sort of being transparent? A hundred percent. A lot of Instagram gurus like to say, this is exactly how you do it. This is the magic formula. In my opinion, good quality content that is authentic to who you are supersedes anything else. So it sounds like in the videos that you're making, the content breaks into two buckets. The first one is around education. You're teaching buyers and sellers what they need to know. The second one is about your journey as a real estate professional. Is that right? 100% because I also knew the value of agent connections. Since I got my first deal from an agent, I thought this is magic. You know, no, why is nobody capitalizing on this? So I, I lead generate agents the same way I lead generate buyers and sellers by providing value. Let's, we're going to get to the agents in a second. Let's stay with the two types of the videos, education and your journey. When you're educating consumers, how do you come up with what videos you're going to post? Okay. So when I was a new agent and I didn't know anything, I would just Google, what do buyers need to know? What questions do buyers and sellers have? Um, but now I pull from what my clients are asking me. So I assume that if they have these questions, somebody else has the same questions. So sometimes I'll make note of them in my phone or write them down. And then when I need to go create content, I'll pull from that and then I'll teach. You know, I'll just answer the questions that are being asked of me. And is there a call to action embedded in these videos? Like, how do they become leads? Yeah. So I um, do a couple different things. One, there's always a call to action. I always say, DM me or text me or, um, you know, here's a link to be able to book a consultation with me. But I also create lead magnets where people can download things for free. And when they download them, I get their information and then I can follow up with them. So like a moving to Columbia, South Carolina guide, you can download that on my website. And then when you do, now I have your name and your email. And I know that for some reason you're interested in that. I need to follow up with you. Is there one video? that has been your best performing? Like, what, did you, do you have one where you look up and say, gosh, every realtor should go answer this question or these three questions? I had one that went viral, but I don't feel like being viral is the best thing in the world. The one that went viral was me teaching people that you could buy a house, live in it for two years, and then rent it out, and that you can become a real estate investor through homeownership. I don't think there's like just one thing. I think it's more about your niche who you really want to talk to and the specific problems that they have. And do most of these educational videos, do they end up being a certain time length or is it just whatever you get, you get? Whatever you get, you get. So sometimes they're shorter. You know, sometimes I will prop my phone up and take a video of me working at my computer and it's like a six second video. And instead of me talking to the camera, I put all of the information they need to know on the screen. So it's quick to the point, but sometimes it's me talking to the camera and teaching on camera. And those tend to be about a minute long, but they, they just have to be good enough to keep people's attention. And how many videos are you posting on a weekly basis? I post something every single day, which is not attainable for everybody. So what I tell people is I post every day because I am good at it. And I, it's my main lead gen source, right? Like if I was cold call and I would cold call every day, but if you don't have the capacity to do that, it's better to post three or four really good videos every week than seven subpar videos because you're trying to throw them together. 
Perfect. That takes care of the education bucket. Talk to me about this My Journey idea. What is this? How often are you doing these? And how transparent are you really getting? Like, if I'm sitting out there and I'm saying, well, I feel a little weird putting my whole life on social media. Maybe this isn't for me. Or is there a way to do this? I think there's a way to do it. Listen, you don't have to record your entire day and make it a vlog. You can show people the two minutes of the day that you want to show them. You don't have to show them everything. It's just like um, reality TV shows. They just show you what they want you to see, right? So I post whatever I feel comfortable posting, but I am very transparent. And every every journey that I have, I like to publicize it because I think it it, it just works for my brand. But a lot of people get nervous about doing that. And so I just tell them, just show what you're comfortable with. It doesn't have to be a ton of information. Okay, I love that. That takes care of the consumer. They're watching the education and the journey. Now you're looking to get into a relationship with real estate agents. Is it the same content that just does the job twice? Or is this a whole different model? So it's the same model with different content. The same model of show them your journey in your real estate career and educate them on how you can help them, how they can be better, what you've learned along the way, create that community with them so that you guys can form a relationship and they trust you. And are you doing this from the same uh, handle, like the same Instagram account, the same Facebook account, or do you end up running two different accounts because it's a different audience? So I have just one Instagram account, one TikTok, and then a Facebook that has a personal and a business. Most of my agent-related content is on Instagram. I shifted a little bit this year to just focus on agents there and use that as a lead generation source for agent referrals. On TikTok and Facebook, it is typically buyer and seller targeted. But that is a recent shift. And for the last few years, it was all on one account. Well, so when I look up, you have almost 30,000 people on Instagram that are watching these things. Are you? How does it grow? Are you, are you inviting? Are you following other realtors? Are you asking them to follow you? Or does it just grow organically? So a big reason why I have so many is because I had a couple videos go viral. And this is, this is the thing I want to make sure people understand. People try to get that. You know, they're, they're like, I want my videos to go viral. It's not always a good thing because sometimes your video goes viral and then you get a lot of followers that follow you because of that video and they don't care about anything else. And then it, can cause you to have ghost followers, you know, people who aren't really as engaged. So in my opinion, it's much better to have a smaller audience that is super engaged with your content because they love what you post and they're invested versus a huge following. But in regards to how I get followers, it's by creating shareable and relatable content that people want to save, come back to, people want to comment on, they want to share with other people. Because when people are engaging in your content, Instagram thinks, wow, this must be good. Let me push it out to the world. And then when people do follow you, you should interact with them and engage back with them as a way to create that relationship. You know, people do business with people that they know, like, and trust. So you can use Instagram as a lead generation tool, but you you have to interact with other people too. I love that. So when you look up at the kind of content that agents like to see, what are, what, what are those stories like? I think agents want to know how they can do more business. I think agents want to know 
while other people are doing that it's really working for them because the business is hard. So if we can find community together and instead of compete with each other, collaborate, and I can tell you, hey, this is how I sold 28 houses in my first year. Take some notes from me and you can do it too. People appreciate that. And I think they want to know more about it. It's so easy to discount this model because it's a relatively short model. There's not that many steps. And it sounds like a lot of this is pull out your phone and just be yourself. But you're generating over a million dollars a year in GCI running it. So why do you think it gets discounted, Taylor? Because it's not as trackable in most people's minds. You know, everything is a numbers game when you're door knocking or cold calling. Because you can, you know, calculate for every 10 calls I'll make, I'll get three people to answer and I'll set one appointment. People sometimes can't wrap their heads around Instagram not being as trackable. You know, I can't say for every single post I make, I'm going to get this amount of deals. But what I can do is say, this is what has gotten me 147 units closed this year. So if I can track exactly where those units are coming from and just keep doing that same thing, then theoretically the results should be the same. I love that. Talk to me about the type of people and the way the lead feels when it comes in. Because depending on your lead source, the lead you receive and the way that they perceive you is always going to be different. Ken Pozek, who we interviewed for this show, said that the people he meets off of social are the warmest leads of any source he's ever had. How do you think about it? Oh, 100% because they've already been watching you. And um, they already trust you to some degree. What most people do is kind of silently watch until they're ready. And then when they reach out to you by that time, you've probably been in their feed for a good amount of time. So it's like you've nurtured them without knowing that you've been nurturing them. So when they come to you, they're either ready to make a move or if they're further out, they know they want to use you when the time comes. And it's like you don't have to keep auditioning for their business. Do you hit a point where you have so many leads and you have so much business that you have to start bringing in other agents to help you service all of this? Or have you not found that yet? Yeah. So, yeah. So this year, the biggest month for me was getting 22 buyers and sellers under contract in one month. And then I've also closed 23 in one month. And I felt as if I was going to implode because it was a lot. So I hired a showing partner because I'm buyer heavy. And that took a ton of weight off of my shoulders. And then starting in January, I have two agent associates who are coming on to help me be able to focus on the quality of the the business and also servicing everybody who wants to work with us. So one of the things I hear from people who use social media is they're afraid that the consumer has a relationship with them because they've been watching them. And now all of a sudden I'm asking you to work with someone else on the team. How have you, how have you done that? So I felt that same way, but it's a limited belief. People want the standard. They don't necessarily want you. They want the standard of care that they know you give because you're so, you know, you're so good at what you do in their eyes online. As long as somebody else can give you that same standard, it's okay. So what I do is I have up until, you know, in January, when I bring these people on, what I currently do is I have a bio consultation every single time. And I tell people that I have hired a dedicated sewing partner who will assist us in the buying process. And I frame it in a way that makes it seem like a win for them. 
I say to them, you know, they know that I'm busy, right? They follow me. They know I've sold 147 houses this year. I say to them that the last thing I want is to be titled with my daughter's dance class or to go on vacation. And then they want to see a house and I've got to pull a random agent from my office who may not be able to give them the same quality. And instead I've hired someone on. So as soon as we get you pre-qualified, I'm going to put us all in a group text. And anytime you want to see a house, just shoot us a message and one of us will be available to show it to you. Now you get double the flexibility. I love that. Okay. So I understand how we went after the consumer. I understand how we went after agents to turn them into referral partners. Talk to me about the sphere of influence because that's your fastest growing source as I understand it. Yes. So we love on our clients even after we get our commission check. And that is vital to me. So there's a few things we do. We have at least four events every year, sometimes more. We do giveaways where we will buy items and we'll send out a Google form and say, you know, register for this giveaway. At Christmas last year, I did a raffle for $1,000 to a family for Christmas gifts. This year I'm doing something similar. Um, When we do certain events, sometimes we give away things and we check in with them every single quarter, no matter what. I DTD too, my database, all of my past clients. So I reach out to them every quarter, remind them about the giveaway Tell them that we're thinking of them. Just stay in front of them all the time. I got to tell you, Taylor, the simplicity of the model that you run, I think, is the genius. Because contacting your database once a quarter and having an event once a quarter doesn't sound complicated. It's not. It's the actionable item. And the problem is that a lot of people just won't do it. So um, I'll tell you what. I was at, at the doctor the other day. And my doctor said, aren't you a real estate agent? And I said, yes. He said, you sold the house that I bought last year. I said, oh, who was your agent? He said, I don't remember their name. And I thought, wow, you know, in my mind, contacting your clients is common sense. It's a no brainer. But a lot of agents don't do it. So when you do it, it sets you apart. And people are so impressed because they've never had that type of service before, more than likely. So to me, it's just common sense. But It becomes a lot when you're doing a high volume. So systems that make it easy are the key. Having those systems is vital. Taylor, I heard that you donated $25,000 to your alma mater this year, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Tell us about that and why did you do it? Okay, so the backstory is that my husband and I are from a little town in North Carolina and we are Native American. And the university that I went to was the first institution for higher education that allowed American Indian people to be educated. I grew up there. My entire tribe is there. And I went to school there for my undergrad and my master's. When I was in undergrad, I worked with the Office for Community and Civic Engagement. And I spent four years volunteering in the community and across the country. And it made the biggest impact on my life because it allowed me to have a worldview that showed me more than just what I was accustomed to. So I remember sitting in church one day and I just said, you know what? I went from making $37,000 a year to making multiple six figures and I've got to do something with this. You know, what good is it sitting in the bank? So I called my mentor from college and I said, I want to donate money. She said, okay, well, here's the website. And I said, no, I want to donate $25,000. And she was like, 
this is perfect timing because the state just just cut our funding and we were going to have to let go of 12 um, college students who work with us. So the money was able to fund 12, 12 or 15 college students to have a job for a year. So now they get to go have the same experience I did, which it's not just a one-time experience. It changes their life so you can go out and be a better human. So it's just divine timing. It was awesome. I love that. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for giving back. Last question here, because this idea that you could go from a new realtor to a millionaire real estate agent in three years is a big one. But you also became a mom the day that you took the real estate licensing test. How do you find the time? Because, you know, 22 transactions under contract in a month, 23 closings in a month. You're doing this kind of on your own. You're bringing leverage into your life now. But over the last three years, how have you made sure that everybody doesn't get the bread and your little daughter get the crumbs? Yes. Okay. So I will tell you the first year, I'll just be totally transparent. The first year I went through a lot of postpartum anxiety and it, I did it all by myself. No leverage. Nothing. My husband was active through the army working all the time. And it was miserable. I sold 28 houses, but I was miserable. I was tired. I was sad. I was stressed out. So the next year I did my first hire, which is not the MREA way because I hired a babysitter. And that was my first hire. And then I hired an assistant. And Gary shared something on Facebook the other day that said, there's no award for the person who does it all by themselves. And it's so true because I thought that it had to be me, me, me. I thought that I had to be the one emailing my clients. I thought I was a better agent because I did it and nobody else did it. But what I realized is that doing it all by myself left very little on the table for my family. And ultimately, that's not a life by design. Ultimately, that's not how I want to live. So I leverage anything that gives me more time. I have someone that helps at home. I have an assistant. I have a um, transaction coordinator and a showing partner. My husband is no longer active duty. He came in to help with us because, you know, it would cost us more money to leave. So um, I think that anything you can outsource when you have the money to do it, outsource it. And in the meantime, if you don't time block and remember that the next deal will always be there, but your family may not be. And that is what's the most important thing. Um, and if you hire the right leverage, it'll pay for itself 100 times over. There it is. Taylor. I could not have said it better. We would like to invite you to join us in the lightning round. Now, this is a set of very quick questions. You want the first thing that comes to your mind. There are no wrong answers. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite color? Pink. What is your favorite food? Ice cream. Ice cream. I just got so excited that I just knocked my coffee mug over. If you heard that in the audience, that's because how much I love ice cream. What's your favorite flavor? Strawberry. Strawberry is not bad. I'm a mint chocolate chip guy myself. Favorite sound? The sound that you make when you open the envelope to get your commission check. <laughs> I love that one too. The sound of money. What is your favorite movie? Anything Disney. Love that. Is there a book that you've read that you think everyone in this audience should read? No, I don't read. Fair. I'm terrible. Is there a podcast? And by the way, Transparency Sells. Is there a podcast you like? There's a Moms in Real Estate podcast that I like. And then Life Changing Money is a good one, too. Fantastic. Taylor, you have made it through the lightning round. 
I absolutely think that your story is one of the most inspiring that I've heard. Gary Keller always says, you can be anywhere you want to be within five years. You went from new agent to millionaire real estate agent in three. Taylor, you are amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. It, it's, um, it is a, a blessing that sometimes I don't feel like I can believe. But I will say that the people and the training that I've gotten at KW has been instrumental by a long shot. Crazy. Love it. If people want to follow you on the Insta, as the kids call it, where can they go? Taylee.soldit. Taylee.soldit. There it is, friends. Whether you're going to follow her on the Insta Twitter or the MySpace or those of you that are still using Vine, she is everywhere. Taylee, thanks again. Thank you so much. Okay, that's it. It's another one in the can. You know what Taylee does that's so amazing? You know what makes Taylee a genius? It's the simplicity of the way she thinks about the industry and her business. I mean, think about what she said. She said, social media is my number one source. And I do that by attracting customers that want to buy and sell houses and real estate agents that can refer me people that want to buy and sell houses. I do it the same way for each of those groups. Number one, educational videos. I solve the challenges that they are dealing with in one to two minutes via social media. Number two, I document my journey. The consumer wants to see the life of a real estate agent and it turns out other real estate agents, they get a chuckle out of it also. Then once that's humming along, she throws in sphere of influence. And I need to tell you, she's got one of the easiest and scalable sphere of influence touch programs I've ever heard. I do four events a year. I do a phone call in a TCPA friendly and compliant way once a quarter. And I do a couple of raffles each year. I got to tell you, if you're sitting there and you're saying, but wait, Jason, where's the rest of the episode? Where's all of the stuff? There's not any stuff. It is that simple. True genius is knowing, and Gary Keller tells me this all the time, the best things are the most simple, yet everything naturally wants to become more complicated. This is the Taylee Hunt and the simplicity she has brought into her business. Taylee, great job. Friends, that is another M-R-E-A. There it is. That wraps another episode. Friends, I don't know what you're taking out of this. I really don't. I'll tell you what I want you to be taking out of it, which is these are the people that are having tremendously big lives. And the reason it's happening is because they're setting up the models and systems to do just that. Gary Keller told me that leadership is teaching people how to think so that they do the things they need to do when they need to do them so that ultimately they get the things they want when they want to have them. And that's what I want for you. You're all leaders. But it begins with leading ourselves. If you're enjoying this podcast, I want you to click the subscribe button anywhere that you get your podcasts. We want to be the voice in your head every single week. And every week we're dropping new content. We also send out a newsletter at the conclusion of every show to make sure that you get the highest points and the models and systems that were discussed. So if you want to sign up, I need your name and your email address. Head over to the millionaireagentpodcast.com millionaireagentpodcast.com enter your name and your email address and every week that newsletter will be in your box friends you just went on a journey i hope that what happens between now and the next time we meet is absolutely wonderful for you thanks for listening i'll see you next week 
This podcast is for general informational purposes only. The views, thoughts, and opinions of the guest represent those of the guest and not KWRI and its affiliates, and should not be construed as financial, economic, legal, tax, or other advice. This podcast is provided without any warranty or guarantee of its accuracy, completeness, timeliness, or results from using the information. 